What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a second episode of Time with Nye. I'm so glad that you guys are tuning in with me for another episode. Um, I'm really excited for today. I got a lot in store for us, so let's jump right into it. So today's episode is themed, Two Light Bulbs Are Better Than One. To really dive into what I mean by that, I'm going to get into the historical black figure we have in store today and the story that goes along with it. So this theme will start to make sense as you listen throughout this podcast. So check your clocks. It's time to tune in. So in talking about the two light bulbs are better than one, I'm going to take you guys back to a story that started for me when I was in the fourth grade. When I was in the fourth grade, my teacher, um, Miss Ross, she was a social studies teacher. Well, fourth grade, you're like pretty much any every teacher. But in social studies, like in our subject of social studies, we would have these scholastic time magazines, which are kid editions. And to keep up with the times and what was going on in the in the year that we were in fourth grade, she would have us read these magazines every week. We would read the magazines, highlight what was important, and then on the back of the magazine, it had questions in reference to the um to the material that was within the magazine and then every edition had a just a pop pop question like something that wasn't related to the magazine something that's just completely just hey here's a question let's see if you know it and it would give the answer to the previous edition on the side it was in the side but every time the the um question came out it had the answer from the last week so this one this one question for this one week was who invented the filament for the light bulb? I'm not sure if it said filament of the light bulb, but it said something like who invented the light bulb or filament of the light bulb. So my friends all around me were like, hey, man, it's Thomas Edison. But me being raised the way I was, I had a feeling it wasn't going to be Thomas Edison. So I put Louis Latimer. All my friends were like, nah, nah, that's wrong. It's not Louis Latimer. It's Thomas Edison. He did the light bulb. He did the light bulb. And I'm like, no, it really is Louis Latimer. So I go to my teacher, I'm like, hey, can you let these kids know that it's Louis Latimer who invented the filament of the light bulb and not Thomas Edison? And she looked me in my face, my fourth grade teacher who went through all the education she went through to be a teacher. She looked me in my face and she said, Naya, I don't even know who Louis Latimer is. I never heard about him throughout my education to become a teacher. I said, are you serious? Like in my head, I'm like, wow, like a teacher that I presume has all the knowledge that she's going to give me. And she doesn't know who Louis Latimer is right then and there. I knew previously my dad had told me, you know, schools don't teach you the correct information in history. But right then and there is when everything got cemented. I'm like, okay, I'm not being taught everything I should be, evidently. So I go back to my my desk, my my friends, and I'm like, you know what? Y'all think it's Thomas Edison. I'm going to still go with my gut. I'm going to still say Louis Latimer, whatever. Next week, we got the new additions. And of course, on the back it said the answer for the last week. So I skipped the whole material. I didn't even read it. I flipped straight to the back, looked at what the answer was, and lo and behold, it was Louis Latimer. And I went straight to my teacher. Well, I told all my friends, I was like, I told you, I told you, I told you. And I went to my teacher and I was like, look, it's Louis Latimer. And she was baffled that she had never knew who this man was and his contribution to inventing the filament of the light bulb. She only knew Thomas Edison. So... Right then and there, I told my dad the story when I went home, and I'm like, Dad, like this is outrageous. I can't believe teachers don't know this. And he was like, yeah, this is stuff that's not written in history books, stuff that you have to go out and seek knowledge for yourself. So 
Today's story is going to be about Mr. Lewis Howard Latimer and his contribution to electricity and the inventions and his patents that he helped in the um, 19th century, late 19th century, early 20th century. So the history of Lewis Howard Latimer starts with, of course, his father. If you go back into his ancestry, he actually comes from a father who was a runaway slave. His father ran away from slavery from Norfolk, Virginia in 1842 with his wife, Rebecca. He fled to Boston. And when he was in Boston, he was recognized by a man who used to work for his master. So being recognized, he got thrown in jail for, of course, being a runaway slave. And once he was in jail, Mr. George Latimer, abolitionists of the time, such as Frederick Douglass and um, William Lord Garrison, they fought for his freedom. They were huge advocates on freeing him. Well, as time went on, he ended up becoming, um, he ended up getting his freedom purchased from a fellow black preacher who purchased his freedom from um, George Latimer's master for $400. So George Latimer was freed. He was living in Boston. And six years later, um, September 4th, 1848, came Lewis Howard Latimer, his son. So Lewis Howard Latimer, he was the youngest of four children. Um, at a young age, he had a strong passion for drawing. At 10 years old, however, after the Dred Scott decision came out and the Supreme Court ruled that Dred Scott couldn't be considered a free man, even though he had lived in a free state, this prompted um, Lewis Latimer's father, George Latimer, who had just been um, emancipated, he fled Boston because he was afraid that he would still be pursued as a runaway slave since he never formally received any freedom papers. He never received any freedom papers. So he fled his family and his mom was left to struggle with her four kids and raise them. So once his father left, Louis Latimer decided, hey, you know, my mom's struggling. I'm going to get us a, a part time, some kind of job that I can just scrabble up enough money to help my mom. So he found a job working for William Lord Garrison, which is the man who helped advocate on his father's behalf to free him. He um, gave Latimer a job, Lewis, which was delivering newspaper, which was called The Liberator. And then when Lewis Latimer turned 16, he enlisted to the um, Navy during the Civil War. He lied about being 18. He enlisted in the Navy. And then once the Civil War was over, he returned back to Boston and he sought employment. Since in the Navy, he got exposed to like um, drawings and mechanics and that kind of nature. So he kind of was interested in that. So when he left the Navy, he went and started working for Crosby and Goud, which is a patent law office. And this is a company that specializes in helping inventors protect their patents. So patents is basically, if, for those who don't know, if you are on the brink of an invention, you would file a patent so that your invention would be finalized. You would be given the official credit for having this invention that no one else can touch. So in this, Latimer started as an office boy. And when he was an office boy, he taught himself mechanical drawing. He worked there for 11 years. And in the midst of his 11 years, his talent was noticed by his drawing. He was drawing on such high level that it was recognized by people in his firm and they noticed it and were like hey you know what you should be 
elevated to a draftsman. So he went from making $3 a week to $20 a week. And in the midst of that, he was able to make his own patent February 10th in 1874, which was a water closet for railroad, railroad cars. So he was on the brink of learning how to how to um, formally conduct p- patents and he was making his own inventions. So working in this firm, he was he got thoroughly adjusted to the patent um i would say um system basically he was able to know the ins and out the rules of how you do a patent the correct steps to file a patent completely so he learned all this in the midst of crosby and gold working here for 11 years and then while working here he also got introduced to a man named alexander graham bell who he helped patent the telephone at the time, Alexander Graham Bell was in a race to be the first one to create a patent for the telephone. It was a race. He wanted to be the first. People were already on the brink of it, but he wanted to be the first. So Louis Latimer, already working at the patent office, he knew how the game worked. So day in and day out, Louis Latimer helped Alexander Graham Bell draft the design of the telephone. He made drawings and descriptions needed for the patent to be formally filed. And on February 14th in 1876, Latimer and Alexander Graham Bell, they both won the race for having the patent done just a few hours before their rivals. So they formally became the first ones to have the first telephone ever patent. And this was pioneered through Louis Latimer's intelligent and thorough knowledge of how the patent how the patent, how the uh, steps of getting your inventions patent works. He was the one who helped Alexander Graham Bell create the intricate drawings that are now considered art because at those days you had to draw it by hand. You didn't have any, um, I would say, you didn't have any um, web designing or any kind of, you know, helpful, uh, what do they call it? Like, what's that word? When you, um, customize on a on a um on a computer like design graphic design graphic design that's what it is so they didn't have that kind of help you had to do this stuff by hand you had to be really smart in math um you had to be precise and this was all help with Lewis Latimer he was able to do this for Alexander Graham Bell but as you know Alexander Graham Bell gets most of the credit but Latimer didn't give up there he went on to work for Maxim Hiram at the U.S. Electric Lightning Company in Brooklyn, New York. For those who don't know, Maxim Hiram is one of the huge rivals of Thomas Alva Edison. They both are rivals and they were pioneers in um, the electrical in- industry about light bulbs. And it was here when Louis Latimer was working for Mr. Hiram, he invented and patented a carbon filament for the incandescent light bulb in 1881. And for those who don't know what an incandescent light bulb is, an incandescent lamp or incandescent light bulb is an electric light with a wire filament heated until it glows. This filament is enclosed in a bulb to protect the filament from oxidation. Current is supplied to the filament by terminals or wires embedded in the glass. And this was what Louis Latimer invented in 1881. Him being 
prime in knowing how to work patents, he was able to issue a patent for the electric lamp in 1881. And then in 1882, he also released a manufacturing um, patent for the manufacturing of carbons, which is used for the light bulbs I just described. So in 1881 and 1882, Latimer had two patents out for the both kinds uh, for the light bulb, the electric lamp and the process of manufacturing these carbons, which was the filament used in the light bulbs at the time. When Louis Latimer was working for Maxim Hiram, he also was helped, he was also used to help install broad scale lightning systems in New York City, Philadelphia. He went to Montreal, Canada, and he even went to London to help bring about electricity in these big cities. And then in 1882, just two years after having his patent for the manufacturing of carbons, he went to go work for Edison. And then in, when he worked for Edison, he was a part of Edison's elite research team, which helped to make sure that the company was protected from infringements of their inventions. So basically, no other company could basically take what the Edison company was creating with um in suit of all their inventions happened at the time. They didn't want any company to steal their, their ideas or anything. And Lewis was, Mr. Latimer was in charge of keeping the company as sacred as possible and um, less available to others who were on the brink of electricity and trying to get new inventions at the time. This was uh, at the, this time around 1882, 84, 85 was the height of engineering and inventions and, and making sure your patent was out. It was a race for these kind of things. So also when he was in when he was working with Edison, he was a prime assistant for Edison. He oversaw the company library and he was even in charge of collecting information from all over the world. So he would basically decode information from France and Germany to see where these companies were in their inventions and how far were they getting. Was Edison was their company in Edison, were they ahead of everyone in Europe or were they behind? Were there some things that they needed to know or were there some things that um, they, they found out and they were like, okay, we're doing better than France. We're doing better than Germany. So these are just some things that Louis Latimer helped assist Thomas Edison in, in his company. And in eight, it was in 1879, I believe, Edison came out with a prototypical light bulb, which was lit by a glowing electrified filament that was made of paper, but it burnt out quickly. Uh, some people don't. Some people don't understand that Edison had came out with a filament, but his filament wasn't long lasting like Latimer. Louis Latimer he created a light bulb with a filament made of much more durable carbon, which helped Edison in his filament that he already created. When he started working with Latimer, Latimer improved on what Edison made, but of course Latimer didn't get the correct. Um, recognition he really deserved. So um, in the midst of working with Edison, Latimer helped out with many more things. He came up with more invention as well, such as um, a kind of bookcase, a, a self a self kind of hanging bookcase. He came up with a, a many more inventions outside of just electricity. And then in 1918, Louis Latimer was one of 28 charter members that were to be recognized as Edison's pioneers. During this time, Louis Latimer was one of the only African-Americans making this much prominent change in 
um, pioneering as an African-American. He was one of the first to do anything. He was incredibly smart, self-taught, and um, he was one of the first to be doing this. Um, so in his lifetime, Latimer achieved a lot for an African-American. And people of people that worked with Edison, like Edison's secretary, they all noted Louis Latimer's achievements. Like it was no hidden secret that Louis Latimer was working closely with Thomas Edison to improve the light bulb. Um, Latimer resigned, of course, following in 1924. He before 1924, he resigned. He resigned from Edison and he pursued other electrical engineering jobs. But then in 1924, his health started to decline, and um, his wife, his beloved wife Mary Wilson Latimer, she passed away in 1924. Was when Latimer had retired. Um, just getting into some more of his personal life, um, Latimer and his wife had two daughters, and with the help of with his two daughters in 1925 with the help of Louis Latimer's poems they published a book of his poems for his 77th birthday um Latimer just getting to more of who he was he was known as a renaissance man he painted he played the flute he wrote poetry and plays and he could even speak French and he can decode German and then um in on December 11th 1928 Lewis Howard Latimer transcended at the age of 80. But looking back on his life, you can see all the achievements and progress that was made from an African-American coming from the background that he came from, not having a firm, strong, um, I would say male role model. His dad left at 10 and he kind of picked himself up by the bootstraps and was like, you know what, I want to make a prominent life for myself and I want to be someone great. Um... But I would definitely say bringing it into today's perspectives, not a lot of people, I, I would say more people are aware of Louis Latimer and what he made and, and the contributions he's made to electricity. But in my case, when my fourth grade teacher told me she never heard of him, it really made me wonder at the time, of course, like our children being taught who the true inventors were and why some inventors were getting the recognition and why others weren't. It was, of course... Um, hidden in our today's knowledge, but back in those days, it wasn't. It was known that Louis Latimer was working with Thomas Edison. But I feel like um, after years later, when history books decided they needed to be written, Latimer's name was vanished and it was whited out. And um, he wasn't given the proper recognition that he deserved working with Thomas Edison for all the years that he did. 10 plus years, he worked with Thomas Edison and over the many more than many the many more years than 10 but you know he never truly received the recognition i believe that he deserved and one thing i feel like should definitely be added is that how lewis latimer was a light figuratively and literally he was able to not only invent the light bulb but something that we use today here in the 21st century every day but he was also to be a light for other african-americans at the time to be an inventor um, a draftsman, one who was very knowledgeable in how patents are worked and helped influential inventors of his time to um, proceed with their inventions and get it finalized to the patented process. I feel like Louis Latimer, he paved the way for a lot of other African-American engineers to come. Um, he was a light for the people in the late 19th century and early 20th century, century for African-Americans. Um, he not only was a light for the people around him and the Edison 
company, but he also was a light because he also advocated for civil rights. Um, he was a huge advocate for that of his time. And I feel like without Louis Latimer being the, um, the extraordinaire that he was, I don't think it would be possible for a lot of other African-American inventors and ones who are um, intelligent in engineering and those who want to pursue the invention, the invention um, pathway. I feel like that wouldn't be necessary if you didn't have Louis Latimer being the pioneer for all this. Um, And I would say for myself, I also was a light bulb in my fourth grade classroom. I was able to bring about light to not only my peers who never knew of Louis Latimer, but also to my fourth grade teacher at the time who had no idea who Louis Latimer was. Um, Those are little instances of where you can spread light in just small areas. It didn't have to be anything grand, such as what Louis Latimer did, but you can make change in your classroom to your teacher. Just giving her information that she never knew um, is also a way you can spread light and be a light bulb. So that's why I say two light bulbs are better than one. Some people suggest that uh, a Black person couldn't take credit for such accomplishments because at the height um, in the early 20th century was the height of eugenics. And basically it was a science that had determined Blacks were uneducated creatures. It gave whites the superiority and the higher intelligent aspect then of the black race whites were seen were seen as more dominant scientifically it was proven that whites are more dominant than blacks so it's like you can't say that a black man was this educated it's not scientifically proven that a black man could be that educated so I feel like over time when history books needed to needed to be written and history needed to be taken, I feel like those kinds of history were suppressed. You can't give Blacks that kind of knowledge. It would put too much pride in a Black person. It would put too much hope in a Black person. We have to give all the credit to the white people, to the white man, and show basically try and discredit everything a Black person did for America. As a young girl for me at that age, learning this kind of stuff, it really made me sit down and question like, you know, when history unveils itself, it really questions everything that you're taught. And for some people like me, you know, I dive deeper into what was written in my history books, what my teachers were saying to me after I learned that my fourth grade teacher didn't know who Louis Latimer was. I said, okay, I'm going to take it upon myself to educate myself because apparently, you know, my teachers aren't doing the best that they can or they aren't informed as much as they should be. So... That basically wraps it up for our second episode of Time When I. I hope you guys really enjoyed this informational session I had with you guys today, this podcast about Lewis Howard Latimer. Two light bulbs are better than one. I hope you guys gained some knowledge and you enjoyed this podcast. And I'll see you guys back for another episode of Time With Nye. Mm-hmm.